first and 10 from the 30, handoff, Dalvin shakes, attacks one the 25, and the race is on, and he's loose, touchdown, 70 yard touchdown this time by the best in the business, baby, Dalvin Cook. Welcome back to the Vikings postgame report. This is Chris Corso from Vikings.com. A huge win for your Minnesota Vikings over the Detroit Lions, 34-20. to The second consecutive win for the Vikings. The first two-game winning streak for Gabe as a Vikings employee. And with that, I welcome in Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson, as well as Ben Lieber from U.S. Bank Stadium. And again, it was a Dalvin Cook show in this one. 206 rushing yards, two scores, 22 carries. He did things that no other Viking has done since Chuck Foreman with 200 scrimmage yards in two straight games. I can go down the list of all the accolades and awards and this and that, but the end of the story is he leads the Vikings to a 34-20 win with a 70-yard touchdown that was pretty much an exclamation point on a huge day for the Vikings running game. So, Ben, I bring you into this with one simple question. Is he putting himself into the MVP category? I think you have to, you know, when you, when you lead the NFL in any offensive category, you have to be up for consideration and whether or not you're a receiver leading the league and, and receiving yards or obviously quarterbacks throwing the ball down the field, but you know, he's doing something that's so special and you know, he's, he's not necessarily on a pace to break uh, the single season record, but he's, he's doing things that uh, nobody else is doing right now. And I think more importantly, it's the way that he's carrying this team. You know, it's one thing if, if uh, this team was, was winning in other ways, but the only way that this team is winning is, is through him and using his legs. So um, he's obviously the MVP of this team so far. And you know, you have to make the argument now that he's in the running for MVP of the NFL. 225-plus scrimmage yards and at least two scores in two games. There's only been three NFL players in the history of the league to do that. It's unbelievable the things. Every week it's like we're adding on more and more awards, accolades. He'll probably get the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award for the second straight week. Um, Gabe, I'm going straight to you with this one. Is this is this formula going to keep working for the Vikings and Dalvin Cook? I think it has to for the time being, and as long as Dalvin Cook can can carry the load, I think you keep leaning on him. He's doing everything you need from him right now. I mean, this game he had nine point, he averaged nine point four yards per carry. When you have a running back doing that, you you keep leaning on him. And Dalvin Cook, he he doesn't show, he doesn't seem like he's showing any sign of weakness with the Minnesota Vikings depending on him. So for for Dalvin Cook, you, you just continue to say, hey, we're going to run through you. We're going to keep. Um, depending on you to lead this offense because everybody right now is playing better. Kirk is being more efficient. It's taking the pressure off of everyone else to uh, make big plays. We see Justin Jefferson with big catches down the field. We see uh, Kirk Kirk Cousins um, in in play action. We know Kirk Cousins is arguably the the best um, quarterback in play action uh, in the NFL right now. So this is – this is the offense that Gary Kubiak wanted, and Dalvin Cook is the reason why we're so efficient right now. I want to get to Kirk Cousins soon, but I, I have the privilege of watching this game from the radio studio at the TCO Performance Center, and watching it on the broadcast, the camera caught 
former Viking Adrian Peterson winking to Delvin Cook on the sideline. The two also exchanged words following the game, and, and obviously the respect and everything like that is there, Ben. You, ben, you know Adrian pretty well. Is this like kind of the passing of the torch for Adrian? It's the end of his career. He's just showing all the love to Dalvin. Is he passing the torch to the Vikings star? Yeah, I think, I mean, in a sense that he is. You know, obviously it wasn't it wasn't Latavius Murray uh, who he signed after Adrian Peterson. He, he just wasn't the answer. Now that Dalvin is here, he's, he's taken the reins of keeping up the tradition of, of great running backs here in Minnesota. So, yeah, I guess in a sense he's passing the torch. And the thing that I appreciate about Adrian is that obviously he's the ultimate competitor, but you've you've kind of seen this this humility that he's expressed in the last few years. And it's funny because you you, you click on some of these articles and and it's like the, these big braggadocious headlines regarding Adrian Peterson and all this stuff. And it's not even from Adrian himself, it's from his dad. And and you read these articles and and when they actually get to the part where where Adrian's talking, I, I mean, he, he shows nothing but love for this organization. Um, he understands that it didn't leave on the, he didn't leave on the best terms, which in those, in those instances, in that timing, and when you're in the present, it's very raw and it's very real. And you, and you as a player, feel disrespected. But as you step away from it and you look at it uh, in totality and what it means for the team going forward, it was the best move. And he, and he understands that. And, uh, you know, he continues to show nothing but love for, for, uh, the Will family and for Rick Spielman and for everybody here. And um, yeah, I, I think in a sense, he's, he is sort of passing the torch off. And I think he is proud that that Dalvin's doing it in the right way too. You know, Dalvin's doing it with humility and grace as well. Ben, I, 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 ben, you made a really good point. He's doing it with humility and love. You know, I had the opportunity to work with Adrian Peterson in Washington the past two years. And I remember last year, right before we played you guys, uh, well, the Vikings on Thursday Night Football, I asked AP, I was like, hey, man, like, what do you think about Dalvin? And it's like, you know what, Dalvin, Dalvin's the real deal. There, there's no running back in the NFL better than him right now. And the fact that he's in Minnesota, hats off to him. And for, you know, Adrian Peterson being the best running back in Vikings history to say that about, you know, the next guy up, Dalvin Cook, that, that says a lot about Adrian's character. And what a way for, you know, Dalvin Cook to, you know, rush for to be the, be the first running back in Vikings history to rush for 200 yards since 2015. And Adrian Peterson did it, did it that year against the Oakland Raiders. So hats off to both of those guys for showing respect. But at the same time, you, you got to give Adrian Peterson his flowers right now for being able to um, understand the moment, understand that it is a business move, but still try to help the younger guys and Dalvin Cook in this position, Dalvin Cook in this situation, help him out and, and give him his flowers while he's here also. I mentioned this last week, but 2015 was my first year with the Vikings, and I am so happy that I got to see Adrian Peterson that last year win a rushing title, have that game against the Oakland Raiders. I remember he had a run against the Chargers that was like amazing how he broke through. It was kind of like the 70-yard touchdown that Dalvin had. It was just unbelievable, And, and I'm just getting glimpses of that 2015 season. I don't think we've ran the ball this well since then but moving over to the Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins it was a good day for Kirk 13 for 20 on the game 220 yards three touchdowns didn't make the mistake for the second game in a row which is obviously huge for the Vikings offense but one thing I want to touch on is this season I heard some of the stats from Pete Bursich on the on the pregame show and he had one touchdown and six interceptions in the first halves combined this season so far today it was different 
the Vikings offense came out. He played really well in the first half. A big touchdown to Irv Smith Jr. Um, to get the things going after the Dalvin Cook touchdown. So, Ben, what did Kirk do in this game that he hasn't done so far this season? Well, obviously just take care of the football. And and I think we we – we can't talk about his performance and how good he's playing without mentioning the offensive line. You know, the last two, the last two weeks, we've always said, if you give Kirk Cousins some time, he can make some great throws. He's, he's making some great throws. You know, the early in the game, Dalvin cook on third down across the middle of the field. I think they pick up 10, they had to pick up 10 yards and they threw it fi- at, at like five yards. And, and Dalvin was on Jamie Collins. If that ball, it's it's an easy throw, right? But if that ball's not thrown with pace and leading him out in the in front of him with accuracy, then that's a dead play. It's little things like that that he's staying in the pocket, he's assessing the field, um, he's staying active, and his eyes are always scanning the field, and he's not watching the rush anymore. And and good things are going to happen. Even the touchdown pass, the second one to to Irv Smith. That had to come out now, and it had and it had to be on a, on a dart on a line. And even though it was like what a one or two yard pass, those little things that he's doing, he's just he's crisp right now. And and I just I think he's got more confidence in in his offensive line. And we've always said that if you give him time, he's got he can make every throw. He can he can do all the things that you want from a quarterback. It's just when he feels rushed, and when he feels like he's got to take his eyes down from 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 coverage, that's when bad things happen. Hey, Ben, you talk about that offensive line, Ezra Cleveland. Can you, like, expound on his play right now? Because we were talking off camera about it, and Ezra Cleveland, I think we found our future right guard. i tell you what, if that's where they keep him, I'm happy with that. I don't know if that's ultimately where they want to put him or they maybe later on next year they want to put him at left guard. I, I certainly don't think that you put him at tackle at this point in time. Like, he, he's playing so fast, and and – his ability, and I think there's a there's a personality connection between he and Brian O'Neill, and, and and it sounds like with Esther being a quieter guy, um, and Riley Reef being a quieter guy, I, I think it helps to have more more of a brash personality like Brian O'Neill on that right side, and they pair well together. They play fast together, and and we're using him not just going downhill, but now we're using him in, in the pull schemes where he, they're pulling him now from right to left. And, and they're really, it's the sky's the limit for this guy. I mean, they, they were a little down with him. They didn't think that he had a great training camp and he wasn't playing very physical, but that's what happens when these coaches talk about, Hey, this guy's just got a lot on his plate right now. He's thinking too much. That's what they mean. They can't play as physical. They can't play as fast. And now that he's not thinking so much and he's just letting his raw ability and his instincts come out, He's one heck of a football player right now. Well, Gabe, there was a lot of hype heading into this game from Everson Griffin and the Mike Zimmer comments during the week at the TCO Performance Center. It seems like the Vi- the Vikings offensive line did a great job of putting a hush uh, to, to uh, former Vikings defensive end. Yeah, and, that, and that, it all goes back to being decisive on first and second down. I don't think I think the Vikings they were they were never in third down in the entire first quarter. I don't think we got into third down. I think we only had a third and long twice this entire game, and I think it was third and ten both times, and I was like late in the third quarter. So <clears throat> when you're decisive on first and second down, it, it makes it tough for a guy like Everson Griff- Griffin to, to rush a quarterback, and it makes it tough for you know the defensive line to get pressure on Kirk Cousins. I mean, Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook, but at the same time, 
when you when you have a defensive end who's coming off of a you know emotional week, he just got traded, and he's playing against his former team. Who you know who with, with so many story. I'm not even gonna get into it, but so many storylines behind why he's not here. There were he, he played with with extra passion. You saw him in in the pregame. Um, you know, looking at our sideline, clapping at the sideline. But at the same time, it, it all goes back to being decisive. We didn't give him enough time to to get to Kirk. We didn't give him enough time to um, be able, we didn't give Kirk enough time to sit back and think there, think too much. So hats off to this O-line, hats off to Gary Kubiak, hats off to uh, this entire offensive, you know, line and staff for, for, for calling the, the right plays at the right time. There was a lot of love going back and forth between Dalvin Cook and Everson Griffin throughout the game, according to Dalvin in his post-game press conference. We'll get to that later on. But, uh, Ben, I want to go to the Vikings defense, and I want to talk about the Vikings linebackers, who we saw a bunch of big plays from Eric Wilson, Eric Kendricks dropping in coverage again, um, two interceptions for those guys. So, Ben, what what do these Vikings linebackers, what do they mean to this defense? Well, right now they, they mean so much because it's going to take it's going to take everybody to kind of pick up the slack and get these these young cornerbacks, uh, give them some confidence. And and sometimes, you know, you, you might have to drop a little bit deeper in your zones to give those guys a little bit more help. And, and I think that's what was the difference today is, you know, smartly. Mike Zimmer did not play a lot of man-to-man coverage in nickel situations. You know, he didn't want to put his young corners against some of these athletic wide receivers and put them out on an island, knowing that our pass rush just really, really hasn't been there up until this point, although that, that changed a little bit today. Um, but that was the approach going into the game is like, all right, we go to nickel, we're going to play zone. Now that allowed our athletic linebackers to drop in coverage a little bit more. They, they kept their eyes on the quarterback. And, and they did a great job of just staying disciplined, staying on their landmarks, pattern reading what routes were coming, and, and just picking off the football when it was presented. So that's what smart veteran players do, and you have to do that when you've got, uh, you've got some young corners out there. Yeah, Gabe, I saw you put out a tweet about Jeff Gladney and the way that he played, the way he's growing every week. I mean, he only played nine snaps in the first week at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Packers, and now he's pretty much the Vikings' number one cornerback out there. So what have you seen from the Vikings' first-round pick um, and his growth this year? I've seen him not think as much. He's, he's playing, trusting his technique, and then just having fun. We see him, I mean, we already knew he was a physical corner. We already knew he could come up and tackle. But at the same time, when it comes to the pass game, he's not thinking as much. I bring up an example last week, the first touchdown against uh, Devontae Adams. He's outside leverage. And Devontae Adams runs a, you know, a out route, but he fakes inside and then goes back out. Jeff Gladney's already outside, outside um, leverage. He jumps inside and bites for the fake for Devontae Adams, and then Devontae Adams goes and runs an out route and catches a touchdown. He's not trusting his keys there. Now we see him trusting his keys, and when he's trusting his keys, he's able to to see the game in its full form. And at, at the I, th- I personally think the cornerback position is the toughest position on defense because you're on an island, you have to run backwards, and then you have to come up and make a tackle sometimes one-on-one against a 220-pound running back. And Jeff Gladney has been able to do that because he's not thinking as much. He understands. He understands that he has safety help over top. But when he doesn't, he understands that he that he needs to. He He understands where he needs to be. And I think that all just comes back down to trusting, trusting, trusting his keys, trusting the play call, and just being coachable. And Jeff Gladney, I think his future is really bright um, for the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of growth with the young Vikings defense. 
Dalvin Cook carrying the Vikings offense. So, Ben, this is my last question for you. Going forward, do you think this formula with Dalvin Cook pretty much carrying the Vikings offense is going to work, or does Kirk Cousins have to become the star of the show going forward? Well, I, I think that we all know that Dalvin is the star, and and the rest is um, the accompanying staff. And and I don't think that um, we can always rely on him. I mean, there's going to be games where, listen, and it might even happen on Monday night. This is going to be a great front seven that they're playing. Uh, the, the front three and four of the Chicago Bears are very physical, very big. And, and maybe this is the chance or this is the time where our offense just runs into a little bit of a brick wall and we can't game gun. But that's where you need to rely on Kirk. That's where Kirk's confidence needs to, to be there. He needs to play fast. They have to give him the time whenever they drop back and throw the football. Um, so, yes, I think the formula and the approach can be we're going to run this, this offense through Dalvin. But there are times where the, the other guys get paid, too. And if they go out and, and they have a successful day against us, then we got to find other ways to win. And, and plan B will have to be using Kirk Cousins' arm. Moving on to the second half of the Vikings.com postgame report, we bring in Cy Amundsen from Vikings.com. Gabe Henderson is still here, and we'll start the segment off as we always do with the Vikings head coach talking about the performance in all phases of number 33, Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I, I thought we came out and played with a lot of energy early in the ball game. Um, got off to a good start. You know, offensively, we were close to 500 yards. Defensively, uh, we had three interceptions. Um, Playing with some, some maybe a little bit undermanned from what what we normally have. I thought Cookie uh, ran the ball exceptionally well, but honestly, and he 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 did run exceptionally well. But our offensive line did a great job. Tight ends, uh, C.J. Ham, the fullback, um, you know. So I thought that was uh, we kept the third downs in pretty manageable situations, and uh, and defensively we fought fought our rear ends off. Um, Unfortunately, the special teams wasn't very good today, so we're going to have to get better there. Dalvin also had a key block on the second touchdown to Irv. I think he, he cleaned up Everson coming in. Um, just describe the the commitment that he has to the blocking game as well as uh, yeah, Dalvin, Dalvin is, is a, a terrific player because uh, it doesn't matter to him. I mean, you know, obviously he wants to get 200 yards every week, but you know he's going to do all the dirty work. He caught he caught a great you know he caught on a third and eighty or seven or whatever it was. He caught a ball and made a couple guys miss. He made a couple guys miss on the flip play late. Um, but he's going to do everything. That's why he's a captain. That's why he comes to work every single day. He's a terrific leader. He's energetic and um, and guys in the locker room really love him. Well, you don't hear the Vikings head coach talk about many players in that regard um, so glowingly, Gabe. So I'm going with this to you. Uh, what does it mean that he's that he's talking about Dalvin uh, in this light? It, it makes me feel like Mike Zimmer wants cookies because he relate he called Dalvin Cook cookie which makes sense but at the same time you think about Dalvin Cook it means he has a lot of respect for that guy and when Dalvin Cook comes to work comes to practice with a blue collar mentality similar to who Mike Zimmer is you give you got to give your hats off to a guy like that granted Dalvin Cook is carrying this team um, almost single-handedly right now and that's what he's been asked for he's been given a task and he puts on his blue collar hat and says hey this is what I have to do today and 
we all know that's what Mike Zimmer wants. Mike Zimmer wants a guy wants a guy that comes to work, does what he has to do, and then leaves it all out on the field, and then next week does the same thing again. So hats off to Delvin Cook, and much respect to Mike Zimmer being so candid about his running back. Yeah, I think anytime you get a compliment from somebody who is usually publicly short on compliments, it's probably an incredible feeling. And that's not a shot at Mike Zimmer. He's just not a guy who gets in front of a bunch of microphones and throws praise all over the place. So I'm sure it feels, uh, I'm sure it feels great uh, for Dalvin Cook. But, uh, you know, I think more importantly here, it's been really interesting to watch these last two weeks as you see a guy who, who got this big contract before the season started at a, at a time and an era in football when those sort of contracts are being questioned on such a high level. And to this point, it looks like the smartest deal the Vikings have made in a long time for all the, for all the tweets we saw and all the experts and all the analysts, uh, like uh, Gabe said, this is a guy that is making everything on the football field work right now for Minnesota. It's, it's incredible. It's the, the lions knew what was coming at them today. And there wasn't a damn thing they can do about that. Imagine seeing a guy break, a Super Bowl contender the week before, knowing, knowing how Mike Zimmer operates, you know that they're going to try to do the exact same thing to you and you still can't stop it. Yeah. What a hell of a performance and a hell of a season so far for Delvin. When a guy has a performance like that, he wears uh, sunglasses to his post-game press conference for the second week in a row. And what he talked about was mainly the former Vikings running back, the best Vikings running back of all time, the Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson, who was on the other sideline today in the Honolulu Blue for the Detroit Lions. So let's hear what Dalvin had to say about what it meant to embrace Adrian Peterson following the game. And with, with Adrian, like I said, living legend, you know, everybody that plays the running back position, you know, will probably give you the same speech about Adrian, you know, just still soaking up the game. And, you know, we're doing the same thing behind him like a sponge, just trying to learn as much as we can. Did you embrace him after the game? I know you did last year. I didn't see yep. it. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I did go talk to him. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy that I just want to, I just want to know. I just want to learn. I just, just want to, just want to pick some, pick somebody's brain and, and try to get it all. Delvin, with that said, what does that make you feel when this week Adrian called you, quote-unquote, a lethal weapon? <laughs> That's what he's calling you. That makes you feel good? Lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel great. Um, like I said, man, AJ, I can't say enough about him. Man. Like we could sit here and we could, I could tell you so much about him, that how I feel about him. Man, you know, I'm just... You know, if he if he hear this or he don't, um, you know, I'm just I'm just glad that I got a chance to watch him. You know, growing up as a young kid, and you know to see that it was something special for me. And he don't know how much he impacted my career. You know, as far as a running back, and you know I appreciate him for everything, and you know just for being my big brother. Um, you know, for anything. And, you know, you know all day just keep doing you, man. And you know I appreciate it. Now, Cy, we talked about this earlier in the show, but 
how cool is it that these guys get to go up against each other and and Dalvin who looked up to Adrian his whole life and now now he gets to go against him his former team and there's just so many storylines and and it's just it's great for the for the sport of football yeah i'm about as far away from being an elite level athlete as can possibly exist but i you know i do have a, a weird relatable experience with this being a stand-up comedian. I, you know, I've had the chance to work with some of my heroes, you know, I've opened for Dave Chappelle, some people I really look up for. I, uh, I got to introduce Tom Segura on his first spe- schedule. One of my, you know, one of the people I respect the most has become one of my best friends over the years. So, and I think anytime you're on stage with someone that you really look up to, it, it feels incredible. And that that's this probably times 10 million, because these aren't some, you know, idiot, uh, stand-up comedian. This is, this is the highest level of the biggest sport in the league. And you're the best guy playing one of the greatest of all time. And, and just to have this sort of performance in front of that sort of guy, uh, it's, it's gotta be incredible. And I'll bring up another story. I know where we're talking when Lieber was on talking about, you know, me covering Adrian Peterson the past two years in Washington, just seeing, you know, what he said about Dalvin, you know, the high praise that he spoke about Dalvin. Uh, I think that, that that says a lot about a veteran who is, like I said, the best running back in Vikings history, passing the torch off to a guy like Dalvin Cook, who is coming to work every day, putting on his putting putting on his hat and is bringing his lunch pail and, and doing the work. So it, it says a lot about a guy who is as talented as Dalvin Cook, but still willing to work hard and hats off to that guy. And it's always really fun. Like I'll be looking forward, Krista, if, uh, if any, who and what is mic'd up and what sort of sideline noise there is. Cause anytime you have great, great players on both sides of the field who admire each other, you never know what you might catch. There's that great Randy Moss audio from all those years ago when we were playing the Packers where he goes, Oh, that's Brett Favre right there. And he gets up off the bench to go watch Brett Favre. So I, I mean, I'm, I, I doubt either of those guys was mic'd up today, but if they were, that's going to make for a really, really fun mic'd up segment. From the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball, it was first-round draft pick Jeff Gladney who led the cornerback group today. Huge game for Gladney. Let's hear from the Vikings' first-round pick following the game. Right, well, just, you know, film study, what we've seen all week, and um, execution. That's all we did, went out there today and executed, and it helped us. You know, they always say um, a sign of a good defense, too, is playing loose. Uh, when you guys started going, not only were you playing loose, but you, you guys are doing the celebrations and having fun, and then you just seem to gain steam after that. How important is it for you guys to, to keep loose and not press? You've learned that lesson in the past. Um, it's very important to do that, you know. Like I said earlier, just coming out the gate, playing as a team, and playing fast, and if we execute our calls, we're tough. Jeff, now that you're at the halfway point of the season, uh, where have you seen the most progress in this secondary? Uh, most progress, really, um, just everyone knowing the scheme, knowing where our help is, and just, we're all learning. All, all of us are learning really good around the board, and just seeing where, where the pieces fit, and just, just balling, really. Well, guys, you heard it there from Gladney. He talked about how strong the Vikings defense was in that second half. Two interceptions on Matt Stafford, another third interception on Chase Daniel, who comes in following an injury for Stafford. 
I, it feels like the Vikings defense has just been finishing games in the past two weeks against Green Bay, now at home for the Vikings' first home win of the season against the Lions. So, Gabe, what do the Vikings need to do going forward to continue to win games in this fashion? I think they got to continue to start fast. We saw last week they scored in their first four possessions of the game. This week they scored in four out of their five possessions, four out of their first five possessions. They're starting fast against teams who like to score. Um, we know the D- Detroit Lions, they were the second best scoring offense in the first quarter. This, this, this game, they scored zero points in the first quarter. They scored 10 points in the first half. Last week against the Green Bay Packers, we knew Aaron Rodgers, those guys, they're ranked second best offense in the second half when it comes to scoring. We held those guys to two drives in the first half, 14 points. And hats off to this defense for being able to you know, step up in those key situations. We know this defense, with all the injuries and everybody being out, um, a lot of the expectations from the outside have been low for this defense, and they have triggered that and understood that, hey, let's go prove ourselves right. And when you have strong starts and then when you, you buckle down late and then you play with the chip on your shoulder, I, I think that makes a recipe for, for success for winning games. I'm going to go with uh, you can't turn the ball over. You know, the most obvious thing, Chris, in the history of football. Uh, oh, my gosh. I just watched, I, I like, right now as we're talking. Oh, and he got stumbled at the goal line. The, the Dallas Cowboys just ran a Tennessee Titans Music City Miracle style. Catch the punt. Pass it all the way across the field. There's a flag. So, I'm, I mean, now I'm just I'm doing play-by-play on a game. I'm walking, watching in the background. Back to my point. Chris, it is, uh, it's turnovers. And, and that's so simple. It's the, you know, it's like in basketball, make your free throws. It's, it's the most basic, obvious uh, place to go here. But with this football team, if you look at their first six games, it wasn't just that they were turning the ball over a lot. It's where and when they were turning the ball over. It was big time mistakes on their side of the field in, in bad situations. You know, you look at the Seahawks game, the defense puts a gem on the board and then boom, turnover, boom, turnover in your end, in your end of the field. And that pattern consisted, uh, three, two, and that pattern uh, existed through all the games before it. So to me, if you give this defense a fighting chance, I don't think they're going to be perfect. I don't think they're going to not, not make mistakes, but as long as you don't put them in a situation where they have to overcome extraordinary odds, I think as they grow and improve and get more used to one another and these rookies get better, I think you have a uh, a more than better chance to continue to put closing performances on the board. And I think in the turnover turnover margin, you talk about that turnover margin, I think in losses were minus eight and wins were plus two. So that says a lot. But at the same time, when you don't turn the ball over and then your defense starts to get turnovers – that's when you're you're starting to click on all cylinders. You get a turnover against Aaron Rodgers last week and then three today. I think this defense is starting to come around. And like you said, Cy, all it takes now is for the offense to continue to do what they do. Because the defense, I feel like the defense now, I feel like we're starting to see them hit some type of stride and starting to make steps in the right direction. The Vikings defense is clicking. The Vikings offense is clicking. Things are all coming together as the Vikings move to 3-5 and five on the season and look forward to a Monday night game against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. And we've talked about it on multiple shows. They take on the Cowboys, the Panthers, and the Jaguars after that, Cy. I mean, it's, 
it seems like there's a chance for them to go on a run here. Do you think it's possible the Vikings can keep this going and get hot heading into the second half of the season? Well, I'll play both sides of it. I think I, I've, I've been the one that's been saying this for a while, despite uh, people uh, Twitter messaging me that I was a homer. I didn't think the team that existed in the first few games was the team that was going to exist all year long. I thought we would see an uptick. I thought we would see consistency. And I thought we would see a group that more represented who this year's Vikings are. So, so in that sense, I absolutely think there's an opportunity here with, with the schedule coming up, some opponents that you should really be able to play with. Here's the big question, though. When you get into a situation where you really are put against it, maybe in, in the type of environment where you'd struggled in the past, i.e. prime time, i.e. Monday night football, Chicago Bears, even though they're struggling, or, or, or the next time when you know the Saints come in, right? The, the Bucks in, in those situations, that's, that's your answer right there. Do I think we can go beat the Bears and the Lions again and compete against the Panthers? Absolutely. What, I, what I'm curious to see and the ultimate answer to that question will be is when you don't get to do everything you want to do the exact way you want to do it and you get punched in the face and you have to shift course and still pull a football game off, can this group do it? I hope so. I think so. But uh, next week's game in Chicago will go – a long way to determining that because they need a win. They need a win desperately to stay relevant. And it is just not a place and a time of day where we have succeeded the last few years. Yeah. Gabe, you, you don't know that the Vikings struggle in soldier field. They've struggled on prime time and it always seems to be, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter who's, on the team in general. Brett Favre was ripping <laughs> NFL apart, and we went into Chicago and couldn't pull it off. It doesn't matter. It's, it's always a difficult place for us. So, Gabe, why don't you give us your input on how the Vikings can go into Soldier Field and, and win a big game? Don't beat yourselves. Uh, I think if you, if, you, if you don't turn the ball over and you don't get costly holdings and costly penalties, I think you put yourself – in a good spot to win. I think that's any game, right, with any team, but especially this year for the Vikings. We've seen a lot of games where they beat themselves, so, you know, with penalties or with, you know, key interception, thinking of that Seattle Seahawks game. If you, if you don't make mental errors, I think you always give yourself a chance to win, and that starts with Kirk, and that starts with Dalvin getting Dalvin Cook the ball. You give Dalvin Cook the ball and tell him don't fumble, it'll open up shots down the field, and with this defense, I'm starting to gain some confidence in this defense. So I think that has to be the recipe for success going forward. All things are clicking as the Vikings win two games in a row, 34-20. to Gabe from U.S. Bank Stadium, me from the TCO Performance Center, and Cy from his basement. This will do it for the Vikings.com postgame report. We'll see you next week.